Welcome to this podcast from Mess to Miracle. Christianity plays a huge role in the fabric of our lives. To be honest, life is messy. Yet in the midst of the mess, God still uses us. The fact that God does is a miracle. This podcast is designed to inspire you in your walk with God and connect you with people and ministries that could be a blessing in your life. You will hear inspiring stories of believers exercising their faith to create miracles in their community. Welcome to From Mess to Miracle. My guest today is Angela Bell. She is a life and success coach for moms, mortgage agent, entrepreneur, author, and business owner, mother and wife. After doing the work to overcome the mom guilt and shame associated with not fitting into what society wants moms to be, she's made her mission to help other moms do the same. She is an NLP practitioner, hypnotherapist, and life and success coach. She coaches moms on goal achievement and helps them get free of their limiting beliefs, releasing their mom guilt and shame and get comfortable being their best and their highest self. We welcome Angela to the show. Good to have you on. Thankful that we could talk today about some really cool topics, especially about the importance of moms. So I'm going to ease you in with a nice opening question to kind of warm you up. So what's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, The best advice I ever received would probably be from my father, and he told me to just go for it. Um because he said that he learned it from his father and it was because his father, as he got older said, I really wish I had gone for it more and that I hadn't held back. Um, so he always told me, you know what, Ange, just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? You might fail. Oh, well, that's really cool. I just heard uh, mm-hmm. opposite to that. It's like, think of it as what's the best that can happen. Mm-hmm. That way you kind of, yeah. you kind of look for, forward to the great things in life. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I mean, we all spend so much time worrying and it's like, but what about the other side? What about the good stuff? Yeah. What if, what if something really great came out of this? Mm-hmm. But that's great advice. So for the millions listening, tell us something about yourself most people don't know. Oh, most people don't know. When I was six, I played the accordion. Oh, wow. I've never seriously <laughs> played the accordion. Yeah. Were you any yeah, good? Yeah, that's my, uh... Um, I guess so. I was in the school band. And wow. I, you know, a school band with an sure accordion. I'm the instrument was bigger than me. But. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> That's yeah. really interesting. Accordion. That's mm-hmm. neat. I played the bass drum in the band, so. Oh, cool. I, I couldn't bring it That's home to cool. practice, so it was kind of hard to. <laughs> yeah, no, those are big. Right. Those are big. <laughs> they don't fit on the bus. No. No. So thinking about your life, who were some of the major people that were influences in your life? Um, so uh, the first ones that come to mind would be my mom and dad. Um, they were very, you know, influential just in, you know, teaching me about life, obviously. But, um, you know, my dad was always a big, um, he always saw the best in people. Like he really believed everybody had something good to offer and he was one of those people that lived by those cliches like, 
you know, kill him with kindness and, uh, you know, every, it should be win-win, Angela. And my mom, my mom went back to high school when she was 37 so that she could go to university. So she did, she was 37 years old sitting in school, getting her English and her biology so she could go to university and, and pursue her career. And so they were two people that really kind of did whatever it took. And, and, you know, there wasn't a lot of ego there. It was, you know, we're going to do it because that's what we're going to do. Um, so they were probably two pretty influential people to me. That's cool. So then we're going to talk about moms. I think moms are really important in people's life. Um, and you have a, an interesting quote, you know, and I want to ask you this question. You talk about this. So where does mommy guilt come from and what can people do about it? Yeah. So that's something that I um, touch on a lot with the work that I do. So mom guilt really comes from looking outside of ourselves. So when we look outside of ourselves and we, and we take in all the things like, you know, what we see on TV or what we're getting from social media or what, you know, well-meaning family and friends are saying to us and we take it in and we replace our own internal values with the information that we're taking in. And then we start comparing and we start looking at how, you know, we don't quite measure up, um, you know, and, and we, we look at that and we go, oh, well, if, if I was a better mom, it starts to play in our heads. Like if I was a better mom, um, my kids outfits would coordinate like that girl on, on Instagram, or if I was a better mom, um, my kid's birthday cake would have looked better. Or, you know, if I was a better mom, I wouldn't have gone back to work, um, when my kids were little. Um, and we, we take all of this in and we, we silence our own inner voice, the voice that's saying, you know, no, I went back to work because I wanted to teach my kids about, you know, responsibility or because I, I'm really passionate about what I do and I want them to learn that. Um, and so a lot of, yeah, a lot of the mom guilt comes from the outside and from absorbing that outside in at the expense of our own internal voice. And so what we can do about it is we can start to challenge the beliefs. So we can start to challenge when we hear that voice in our head say, oh, you know, I'm a bad mom because, um, you know, my kids had McDonald's for dinner. You can say, okay, well, is that true? I mean, is it really true? Right. Is it the end of the world? Um, and, and really just start to question these beliefs that we, that we tell ourselves. Um, and, you know, look at all the look at all the things that we do do for our kids, because if you ask me, I mean, moms are rock stars. I mean, not only are they, you know, loving and caring and and kind people and they're doing their best for their kids, but they are project managers. They are, you know, medical care providers. They are chefs. They are educators. They are all of these things. And that's just inside the home, not to mention the things they might do outside of the home. So here we have these really phenomenal people that you know, forget about all this stuff they do. And so sometimes even just making a list for yourself of all the things you do and every once in a while just looking at it and going, hey, yeah, wait, I do do a lot. Like it might not be perfect. You know, letting go of perfection is key, but it's it's still good. So you kind of mentioned briefly that there, there are those limiting beliefs that come from outside. So mm -hmm. give us some tools or some ideas of where those beliefs are coming from and what strategies can moms do to kind of, like you said, combat that, those beliefs? Okay. Yeah. So li like limiting beliefs, much like any belief is something that we hold to be true, right? So we just believe it 
um, without really ever wondering why. And it can come from so many places. It comes from when we were children, right? Like, how did we see our mom or, you know, being or how did we hear from other people about what it's like to be a mom or what it, or just what the world is like? And we internalize all of this stuff and we just believe it. It can come from education. It can come from religion. It can come from anywhere, really. Um, and because we never question it, you know, that's the it, it starts to, you know, taint the lens by which we see the world. So when we believe negative things about ourselves or limiting beliefs like I am not good enough, then when we look around outside of ourselves, we kind of always pick up the information that's around us that proves that we're not good enough. Um, and so one technique that I teach to moms um, that I actually adapted from Tony Robbins because he's cool. Uh, and he based it on Byron Katie's The Work. And that's this idea of um, breaking down the limiting belief and replacing it. So what I what I tell them to do is I say, okay, first do that list. Make a list of all the things you do for your kids. Okay, and then set it aside. And now think about a time when you feel guilty, when you when you feel like you're not measuring up. And what are the what are the things you tell yourself inside your head? Like what starts to come in? What does that voice say? Because those are your limiting beliefs. So write those down and then start to question it. So ask yourself, is it true? Um, you know, and your ego is going to fire up and it's going to say, of course, it's true. I wouldn't believe it if it wasn't true. But then you got to keep digging and you say, OK, well, you know, could it be a misinterpretation? Could I be missing some facts? Would anybody else feel this way? Right. I mean, if you're if you're a parent unit, you know, would my does my partner feel this way? about this instance because it that just introduces another viewpoint and so after you've you've questioned the belief then you say okay how do i feel um believe and experience life when i'm feeling this you write that down and then what you're going to do is you're going to say okay how would i feel and experience life if i didn't believe this thought what would that be like because oftentimes we don't think about the fact that we don't have to feel this way and so now that you've really attacked and questioned that belief, write down the opposite. So you write down, like, I'm not a good enough mom, or I'm not good enough. You write down, I am good enough. And then you say it out loud five times in your voice. You've got to just say it out loud so you hear it. And then pick up the list of all the things that you do for your kids and read it over. Because now you're going to use that to reinforce this new belief. That's a brief kind of summary, but that's I walk my clients through a lot of that process to really pick apart the belief, find the holes in the belief, and then rewrite the belief with something better. That's good. Sounds like that out of that maybe comes some goals and achievements. Mm -hmm. So how do you help moms write down realistic goals and achievements for themselves and their family? Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing that I, I do is I work with them to get what I, what I call schedule clarity, right? Because it's really hard to set realistic goals if we don't understand how we're going to fit it in. So you start by writing down, what does your week look like? What are your commitments? What do you have to do? You know, like get the kids to school, go to work, make lunches, um, you know, anything that has to be done and when it has to be done. And then that way you can look at your schedule and say, okay, where can I find time for my goals? Um, and then you pick, you get clear on where you want to go. So look at where you are now. And where do you want to be? Why do you want to be there? And what do you need to do to get there? And pick your first goal, something that matters to you. Um, and then 
you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with SMART goals, but, you know, yeah. we go through and we set our SMART goals. So is it specific? Is it measurable? Is it achievable? Is it relevant? Is it time constrained or, you know, trackable? Um, and make a SMART goal and then put together a plan to get there. So figure out where you are now. You've got a time constraint. So you put your deadline, pick some milestones along the way. Um, and then write in like what you need to do to get there and where is it going to fit in your schedule? Um, and then finally, actually schedule it in, right? So write it in your calendar, put it in your iPhone, however you track your appointments. If you would put a doctor's appointment in there, put your, your time in there for working on your goals because you got to commit to it the way you'd commit to somebody else and you got to make that time for yourself to work on it. And then the key that I really emphasize is celebrate your milestones. When you get somewhere, have a little mini, you, maybe you just do a happy dance like beside your table, but celebrate it because you've done the work to get there, right? So it's really important that we celebrate our goals. Yeah, I think that's the key. Uh, having rewards at the end of your goals is gives you something to shoot for. And, uh, and you're right, it gives you time to stop and to reflect on the fact you actually accomplished the goal. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So you talk yeah. about 15 minutes a day. Tell me about the power in 15 minutes a day. I love 15 minutes a day. Um, and I'm, I'm a big, big fan of this for, for so many reasons. But one is when I, when my kids were, were two years old and I wanted to write a book and I'm looking around going, how am I going to write this book? I literally wrote a book in 15 minutes a day. And it was 15 minutes from like 5:45 in the morning until 6 AM. And I would sit down and I would just write for those 15 minutes. And it took me a whole year. Like it, 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 and it didn't get done quickly, but I did it. And I did it because people can manage the idea of 15 minutes. It's not this abstract number. It's not too big to be like, I can't fit it in. 15 minutes feels manageable. Um, and if you commit to doing something and you really focus on it for 15 minutes, you can get a lot done. So, I mean, I, I still use it. I use it. I meditate for 15 minutes a day because I can fit that in. Um, if I'm out of time, I will run for 15 minutes a day because then I'm getting my exercise. But 15 minutes doesn't feel like too much, but it's enough that it can have an impact. Oh, that's really cool. I got, I got to practice that. I did now 15 minutes a day so I could. 15 minutes. Yeah, that's really good. You know, I love it. So I know as as a parent and as a father, I'm hard on myself and I'm sure moms are too. I mean, you have so many responsibilities. You have kids, you have a spouse, you have whatever you do for a career, whether it's at home yeah. or outside the home, it's still a career. So how do you help moms and love to learn to care for themselves, love themselves, embrace themselves? Yeah, moms, like parents in general, moms I know are very hard on themselves. The first thing that I like to do is, is really talk about um, the idea of presence over perfection. Right. I mean, we are so hard on ourselves trying to be perfect, right, trying to get it all right. And it's like, no, just be present in what you are doing. It doesn't have to be perfect. And then working through the idea that, you know, when you love yourself, you are able to give so much more that if you if you really, you know, how can and it it all comes down to, you know, like your ability to love yourself allows you to have, you know, the time, the patience, all the things you want to have 
for the people outside of you. So self-love can be really tricky for moms because we do tend to nitpick at everything, but it's about recognizing, you know, what we do right, the things we do succeed at. Like I always like to recommend, you know, taking five minutes at the end of every day and writing down, you know, either five things you're grateful for or five wins from the day or a combination of both. Um, and just taking the time to write it down. Um, because this really neat thing happens that when you make a habit out of recording, you know, five things you're grateful for, five wins from the day, your mind then starts to look throughout the day. Your subconscious is now scanning the environment going, she's going to ask us for these five things. We better find five things we're grateful for, five things we're doing right, because we got to write it down. And then you start to see more things you're doing right or more things to be grateful for. And it's funny because nothing about your life really changes, or maybe it does, but it feels better. That's great. I love that, the idea of taking time to kind of reflect on the day. As as a mom, I'm, I'm assuming part of the problem that moms have is they they feel like they don't deserve time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and they feel selfish when they do take time for themselves because they have all these responsibilities. How do you help moms to say it's okay for you to think about yourself, to take care of yourself? Like you just kind of talked about a little bit there to give give yourself space because you're a better mom when you yourself are healthy. So how do you get them beyond the, I don't deserve time for myself. I, there are so many people who demand my time. Um, so there's two things that come to mind that I do with my clients. First is to think about, um, you know, do you want your children to feel this way? Do you want, like, would you tell your children that they shouldn't take time for themselves. You know, that life is meant to be hurried and stressed and overwhelming because you need to model that for them. And so if you want them to grow up valuing themselves and making time for themselves, you need to, you, you need to show them that. Um, and then one thing I, I have them do is, is find a picture of themselves from when they were little, right? So find a picture of five-year-old, you know, Find a picture of five-year-old Keith and tuck it in your wallet. And when you start thinking, I don't deserve this time, I, you know, I haven't done enough, you pull out that picture and you look at five-year-old you, because we have a hard time saying the mean things we say to ourselves to little kids, right? It's just not right. <laughs> exactly. And, you, and you, you look and you say, would I tell that, would I tell that little person that, right? Would I tell this little five-year-old person, you don't deserve time? You can't take this time for yourself. You need to keep working. Because we all have a little child inside of us that needs to hear, you know, that we're good enough and that we we deserve love. And and so if we remember that, you know, we are, you know, someone's child and we deserve all the love that we give to our children. And by looking at our little selves, we remind ourselves of that. And it makes it harder for us to say those mean things when we have to look at little us. Right. Exactly. So now you've convinced them to have 15 minutes to do something productive. How do you mm-hmm. convince them to set aside time for themselves? What's that process look like to say, I'm going to give myself time? Again, we've done the work on, you know, finding our schedule clarity. So we know when we've got time. Um, the first thing that we do is we, 
we discuss what self-care looks like to them. Because a lot of people have this idea that self-care is like getting a manicure, going to spa, getting a massage, when really self-care could be sitting down for 15 minutes with a cup of tea and just breathing, right? It could be reading your favorite book. Um, it could be going for a walk. It doesn't, we can kind of take away what we see outside as like this idea of self-care. And again, taking it back to the 15 minutes, you know, we're not asking you to take an hour for a massage. We're asking you to take 15 minutes. And we've looked at your schedule and you've got some time here where you've got an opening. And if you take that time for yourself to fill your cup back up, then you have more than enough to give to everyone else. But we've got to make sure they can see it in their schedule, that it exists. There's a time they could take and just rechange the mindset, like switch the mindset around what self-care actually is, that it doesn't have to be a big extravagant thing. It could be, you know, sitting alone in a room eating a chocolate bar. If that makes you happy, if that really kind of gives you some joy and, and, and fills your heart, then that is self-care. Self-care is all about filling yourself back up. That's cool. So what are you working on that the audience would be interested in? Um, well, so I just released a course on Sunday called Goals Over Guilt, where um, it's a three-module course. It's, it's actually broken down into little chunks so that moms don't have to commit an hour to listening to the first module. They can pause at, a, at you know, little breaks in the middle. Um, and so that's, that's come out. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and then I also have a a book that I'm a part of that's going to be coming out soon. It's called Moms Who Boss Up. So that's cool. That's exciting as well. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank so, you. Will they be able to find your book when it comes out? Uh, so it will be available on Amazon. Okay. Um, and I will also make it available on my website. Cool. So here's a question I like to ask my, all my guests. What do you want your legacy to be? Uh, I want my legacy to be that I added more love to the world. That's great. So where can my, my listeners find you on social media? So on Instagram, it's uh, uh, at Bell. Just I am Angela Bell with a couple dots in the middle. Uh, Facebook, Angela Bell Life and Success Coaching. Um, TikTok, again, is uh, I am Angela Bell. And uh, online, my website's www.angelabell.ca. Thanks. Anything I haven't asked you, you wanted to share? Moms are, are these integral figures in all of our lives. You know, whether it's for good reasons or bad reasons, moms are so, so key. And, you know, the whole world misses out when moms don't live their full potential. So if you have a mom in your life, make sure you tell her you love her. That's great. Thank you, Angela. This was really great. Thank you. I really enjoyed this discussion. And blessings on what you work you do because... I know for my in my life, my mom was one of the most important people in my life. And so what you're doing to help moms realize how just important they are to their families is a wonderful work that you're doing. So thank you for thank what you, you do. Um, thank you. My pleasure. Oh, I love it. Thank you for joining us this week on From Mess to Miracle. Make sure you visit our website 
at https from mess to miracle.buzzsprout.com. You can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, so you never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would appreciate a rating on iTunes. If you simply like to tell a friend about the show, you will help us get the message out to bless more people. If you like this show, you might want similar content. You can follow my blog at www.alightbreakthrough.org. Be sure to tune in two weeks from now for our next episode. Just remember, out of our messiness, God makes miracles.